0: and Welcome to the Fan Team Focus Game Week 6 Monster Preview. My name is Sean and I can be found as FF underscore thinker on Twitter. And today we're going to look at the 10 fixtures that make up the Game Week 6 Monster and also look at any potential transfers that we'll be making in the season long contest. So we'll start this week by looking at the Game Week 6 Monster. Unusually, this week there are 10 fixtures in the Monster, so all teams will be available to choose from. We have a £107 million budget. And unusually, there are two lunchtime uh, kickoffs on Saturday for us to look at. So we'll see the team news for these four teams. So the first game is Chelsea v Manchester City. It's been priced up at a fairly tight game between the two. And it looks as though it will be a tight game on paper as well. I'm not really too enthused by any of the picks. It's difficult to know which way it will go. Um, Who will keep clean sheets? Who will score for either team as well? You'd imagine it would be Lukaku for Chelsea. Man City a bit more open. They've sort of shared the goals amongst themselves so far this season. Uh, so, But it's probably one to swerve. They're priced reasonably uh, cheaply for both teams just because there's no clear favourite in there. So currently for me, I'd be tempted to go for maybe Cancelo as a defender. I don't think there are many great defensive options this week. And I think his attacking potential could well be uh, a way to go. But other than that, I'm not really too keen on any of the options. Especially when you consider this season, the five games, Manchester City have only actually conceded five shots on target. Now, you can say that obviously Arsenal had none, but they were down to 10 men. They've obviously also played Norwich. But other than that, five shots in five games is extremely low. I think the next lowest is 13. Uh, On the flip side of that, Chelsea have actually conceded 20 shots. Again, eight of those were against Liverpool when they were down to 10 men, but they conceded six against Aston Villa, um, three against Arsenal. So I do think they probably are the weakest defensively, even though a lot of people are talking up their defence when their fixtures turn next game week. But from this standalone game point, I do think they're probably a bit of a swerve. So it would be Cancelo and potentially a City attacker. And you do get to see all the options uh, ...for the game. Personally, I'd look at Kevin De Bruyne for £9.1 million. I think if he plays, he'll be the, the focal point. Could even start as the false nine if Torres doesn't start. So, he'd be the way I'd be looking at if you're looking at a Man City attacker. The other 12.30 kick-off on Saturday is Man United v Villa. Now, Man U are priced as the biggest favourites on this slate. But I just feel that they have looked good going forward. Obviously, Ronaldo's had a lot of shots. Has really hit the ground running. But I think Villa have been slightly misunderestimated. In fact, if you take uh, game week one out of the equation where they conceded seven shots to Watford, they are only second to Manchester City in terms of shots on target conceded. They've conceded eight in their previous four games, of which four of those were against Chelsea. So against Brentford, Everton and Newcastle, they only conceded four shots in those games. Now, Manu will probably have more shots than that on average. However, I do think... They will not have as much joy as perhaps they have got over previous games. And I really fancy Aston Villa to score in the game. Since the international break and Oli Watkins has come back into the side, they've actually had nine shots on target in their previous two games, four of which have come from Oli Watkins. So I can see him definitely having a couple of shots on target. And I do fancy the way United seem to always concede at least one goal. I think he could be the way to go. I think he's priced up at 5.5. One thing to note in this monster, um, I've put together a couple of teams and I do think unless you're going with sort of triple United, triple Liverpool, I don't think the budget is really that much of a constraint this time. So it's more just picking the 11 players that I think you feel will do well over the weekend. The first three o'clock kickoff is Everton v Norwich. And obviously Norwich have looked very poor so far this season. They've conceded 29 shots on target so far. The issue you have with this game is who would you choose from Everton to take advantage of those shots on target? It looks as though Richarlison and uh, Cavalier are both out for probably till at least the international break. So they're going to start with Rondon, all intents and purposes. Do you really want to be choosing Rondon? Um, For me, probably not. You then look to the midfielders and you've got Damari Gray, Andros Townsend. But again, I don't really know if they'll be set up to do that well in this game. I think Norwich will maybe deal with them a bit better than they have done other games. So I think the one that I would be tempted by is the midfielder Decore. I just think with Rondon probably being the striker, I can see them pushing him further up the pitch and maybe bringing Gomez into centre mid. So Decore is priced up at 10.9, which obviously seems a lot, but as I've said before, there's not really much budget constraint this week. And he has scored the most points of any uh, Everton midfielder this season. Actually, probably Everton player. He's the top scorer so far. So, he'd be the way I'd go from an Everton perspective. The next game is Leeds v West Ham. And you can look at all the stats so far this season. So, Leeds have actually conceded the most shots on target so far. of 35, so seven a game on average. Uh, But the biggest thing, really, from this game is who is going to play centre-back for Leeds. Obviously, Liam Cooper will be there, but... Pascal Stroik is injured. Robin Koch is injured. Diego Llorente is injured. Looks like Ailing may not make it as well, so it could well be potentially Jamie Shackleton. Or would I don't know? Would Calvin Phillips even drop back there? It's going to be makeshift, and with Antonio having a couple of weeks rest given his um, red card and he's been um, rested for the League Cup midweek, I can see him having an absolute field day. I think he's probably the first name on the team sheet when it comes to the monster selection. And I'd be tempted to double him up with um, a midfielder as well. I wouldn't go for a defender because as bad as Leeds look defensively, and it does look like Bamford's out as well for the game, they've still got a lot of attacking potential in that team with sort of Dallas, Rafinha may or may not play. But even then, Rodrigo, there's still plenty of players that can, can score for Leeds. So I would avoid the West Ham defenders. But in terms of the double up, lots of people will be drawn to Ben Rama. Obviously, he's scored thirty-four points so far this season on fan team. He's priced up at ten million. I would be tempted to look at Jared Bowen. He's nine point five. So like I said, budget's not really an option, so it's not a case of saving a little bit of money to spend elsewhere. But both him and Ben Rama have had five shots on target each over the season. They've both got pretty much identical um XG, so expected goals. Bowen's only had nine shots compared to Ben Rama's eleven, so little bit more uh, consistent when it comes to getting shots on target. I just feel he could be a good one to go for in this game. Um, you have obviously got the difficulty that it's a 3 o'clock kickoff, so you don't know if he's definitely going to start. I suspect he will, but if he doesn't, the player that would come in for him on the safety net would be Thomas Suchek. So not really similar players. However, given Leeds's struggles with set-pieces... He could be a great option anyway. Um, I think he scored twice against them last year at Ellen Road. So it would he. I'd be perfectly fine if he did come on as a safety net. Um, so that would be the way I'd go. If you went Ben Rama and he didn't play for whatever reason, you'd get four nails. So again, not a bad option. But I don't mind the Bowen with the Suchek backup option in this game. The next game is Leicester v Burnley. Now both of these teams are high up in terms of the shots on target they've conceded this season. So Burnley have conceded the fourth most with 28 and Leicester the fifth most with 27. So they don't look that great defensively, so perhaps this will be quite an open game. If you look at the uh, xG for the players. Uh, Burnley have had 18 shots on target. Chris Wood's had five of them and he's got had an xG of 1.74, which is roughly about a third of what Burnley's expected is. Um, no one comes close to him from a Burnley point of view. Uh, from Leicester, they've had 13 shots on target. Vardy's had six of them, and his XG is 1.95 over the five games. Leicester's as a whole is 4.13, which is the third worst in the league so far this season. Only Norwich and Aston Villa have a worse uh, expected goal, or non-penalty expected goal, shall I say, so far this season. So Burnley probably looked like the play to go here. Um, and I do think that Chris Wood could do quite well Um He usually has patches of form throughout the season and it could well be that this is the game that gets him going. I think after this, their run is half decent as well. So it could be that this sets them up for the rest of the season. They've not looked too great to start with. So they've got yeah Leicester, then Norwich, Man City, but then Southampton and Brentford. So they have a good little run of fixtures and he's priced up at 5.8 in the monster. If you're looking for a midfielder... You, you uh, McNeil draws the eye just because he looks a bit better from the eye test. But you can't really go wrong with Ashley Westwood. Always plays 90 if he plays. I think he did miss one game this uh, season, but I think that might have been COVID-related. Um, So he'll play 90 minutes, so he'll get three points. He's on set pieces, on free kicks as well. So if anything does, does any corners or... Free kicks with Chriswood scoring. It's likely that Westwood probably put the ball in, so could be a good double up if you do fancy Burnley to do well. From a Leicester point of view, they've. It's strange. Ian Achoo had such a great end of the season, but he's just not getting picked at all. He scored again midweek in the League Cup. So whether in this game he decides to play him, I'm not too sure. But Vardy's priced up at 12.5 in this. He's not bad, as we saw on the stats. He he will have the shot on targets, but. Thirteen shots on target in five games just seems extremely low for a team of Leicester's capability. Um, so it's one to keep an eye on. Really, I just don't fancy them to to do too much, even against Burnley. So are we swaying them and going for um, going for a Burnley asset potentially? The next game is Watford v Newcastle. I think Watford look to be the play here. Newcastle have conceded thirty three shots on target. And they've conceded six shots on target in all but one of their games so far this season. Aston Villa being the, the one they didn't, they only conceded two in that game. Uh, Watford aren't too great defensively themselves. They've conceded 23 shots on target. But I just feel Newcastle are all about Alan St-Maximin, especially with Wilson being injured at the moment. So if he doesn't perform, I think they will struggle. So that is why I'd be tempted to go for Watford. I think they've got a little bit more about them. I think Dennis, the striker, has started the season well. Obviously the talisman for for Watford at the moment is Ishmael Saar. He is down um in this game, priced up uh, let's have a look, eight point nine million, which I think is really fair. Um Dennis is eight point seven. Again, could be a good option. He's got plenty of strikers underneath him just in case he doesn't start. So Josh King, Cucho Hernandez. I'd be tempted, though, just to stick with one and go with Ishmael Asar. He plays 90. You know he's likely to be on penalties. There might be a, if someone like Josh King does start, or Pedro maybe, they may take penalties off him, but I think at the minute, he even just playing 90 in the way he's playing, he looks a great shout for the monster at that price as well. The tea time game on Saturday is Brentford v Liverpool. Now, a lot has been made this week when it comes to captaincy between Salah and Ronaldo, people are siding with Ronaldo because they think Brentford are quite good uh, defensively, which if you look purely just at the stats, they are the second best in terms of shots on target conceded. They've only conceded 13. But then you look at the teams they've played so far. Obviously, they opened up against Arsenal, where they conceded four, um, but Arsenal were ravaged by COVID. You've then got, they played Crystal Palace, and they had two shots on target. Again, Crystal Palace are not, the best known team for playing the most attacking football especially earlier on in the season they've then played Brighton again another team who don't create masses they have high XG but don't have many shots and they again they only had two then they played Villa who had five shots on target which is obviously quite high and then they played Wolves last uh, last weekend and we know that as good as Wolves look they just don't they get a lot of shots away but not many are on target so and I think this is a massive step up uh, for Brentford. If we look at the, the Liverpool data, they've had 44 shots on target, which is, I think, a, a full 12 shots on target, higher than anyone else in the league so far this season. Their XG is 13.8, which again is two higher than the next team, which is Man City. Um, so I'm probably going to go with the Liverpool triple up here. I'm going to go for Trent. I think hopefully he looks like he's fit after the uh, illness that he had last weekend. If he's not, you get Robertson anyway. So, I mean, I'd rather have Trent every day of the week, but Robertson's not a bad standing. And then I think I will just go double up for Salah and Mane. So it takes up twenty-eight million of your budget, but I don't think you're going to be that tight for budget this this week for the the monster. And if you look at their stats so far this season. They've had 22 shots on target between the two of them. And their non-penalty XG is 6.79. And if you compare that to other teams in the Premier League, they have had more shots on target than 14 other teams just for the two of them. And the same for the non-penalty XG. It's higher than 14 teams, which is just mad. So I think a double up there and probably one of them to be captain is the way I would go in the in the monster. I can see them scoring two, three, four goals quite easily. Um, and I just don't think they'll probably score as good as Ivan Tony looked last week up against Virgil van Dijk. I don't think they will have come up against a defender like him so far this season. So it'll be an interesting battle, but I'm happy to go with Trent just because even if they do concede, we know what attacking potential uh, he has really. So that's the way I'd go for that game. Moving on to Sunday's games. Um, is Southampton v. Wolves. Two evenly matched teams. Both have conceded 19 shots on target so far this season. For me, Wolves do look a little bit toothless. I say this as someone that's got a lot of Wolves in season-long contests, etc. I just think in this game, I'd be fancying Southampton. They're playing at home. For me, the one that sticks out, and as silly as I feel like this, I've picked him out in a couple of different um, formats as well. It's Elanusi, the Southampton midfielder. Now, he's only played three games. I think the first game was against Newcastle. However, he's scored 17.6 points so far in fan team. So he's only about four points behind James Wall prowse He's priced up at 7.4. So the problem will be if he doesn't play, which isn't necessarily guaranteed, if he doesn't play, you pick up Gineppo, Teller, who I think is on loan, so you won't get him, then Romeo. There's not much of a safety net underneath him, but... I mean, he's looked really good in the last three games. If you look at the the stats for Southampton this season, he is had five shots on target, which is the same as Adam Armstrong, who's obviously played a couple of games more. And his xG non penalty xG is very similar as well. Armstrong is one point six three, El one point five five. So I do think he is a really good option. Um, James Ward Prowse is James Ward Prowse. You know what you get with James Ward Prowse um, on set pieces. But I'd be tempted if you're looking for a bit of a... If you are going for big um, triple-ups on Man United and Liverpool, Elanusi could be one to go for um, at... I think he's priced up quite reasonably at 7 point, 7.4 he is. So he'd be one I'd be tempted to go for. From a Wolves point of view, you just don't know who to go for. Attacking-wise, they just haven't looked great. I mean, if you we look at the Fords, Jimenez has got the most points at 12.5... And then if you look at the midfielders, Trincao and Traore have got about 14. But when you consider, 10 of those will be just from appearances. Until they do something, I'm not really too um, bothered by them, especially in a a monster contest. The final game on Sunday is the North London derby. So Arsenal v Tottenham. Again, two teams that haven't looked too great. Tottenham started the season reasonably well, getting a few 1-0s, but were lucky in a couple of those games. And have since lost two. Arsenal were the other way around really, played Brentford, beat got beaten by those and then had two tough games against Chelsea and Manchester City. But then the last two games, they've won 1-0, albeit only against Burnley and Norwich. Um, if you look at the stats, they've both conceded relatively high number of shots on target, Tottenham 26 and Arsenal 22. But then you dig into the stats a little bit more um, and Arsenal conceded 10 shots on target against Manchester City. Now, when you consider that, obviously, they were played up for more than half with only 10 men. If you take that out of it, they've only conceded 12 shots in the four games. Other than that, three at Brentford, three at Burnley, and one at Norwich. So I think season-long, defensively, there could be options. They don't seem to be conceding many shots on target. In this game, it's just, do you think that Tottenham are going to be able to, and by Tottenham, I mean Kane and Son. Trouble the Arsenal defenders. Um, Season today, they've had 19 shots on target. Arsenal have only had 17, so again, quite similar. And their non-penalty XGs are similar as well. Sun is the top XG player with 1.2, and he's had five shots on target. Obviously came back from an injury last week, quicker than expected. Uh, Kane has only had three shots on target, which I know he missed the first game of the season but it's very unlike Harry Kane not to have that many shots. From an Arsenal perspective, Pepe has had the most shots on target and has also got the highest XG for anyone in the team. Um, it's a tricky one. I don't fancy two teams that are a bit up and down. I think is an avoid, really, for me in this game. The final game of the monster is the Monday night game, Crystal Palace and Brighton. An interesting game between the two of them. When you look at the... Shots on target, that have been conceded. Brighton are joint second with Brentford in terms of the fewest conceded. But you look at their opponents, they've had reasonably easy starts of the season. They've had Everton, who they conceded 5-2. Leicester, who have looked relatively goal-shy with three. And then Burnley, Watford and Brentford, uh, they had five conceded in those three games. You look at Crystal Palace, they've conceded 24, so 10-11 more than... Brighton, however, they have played Liverpool, Chelsea, and West Ham, who have looked quite attacking this season. Uh, you take Liverpool out of it, where there was ten and Chelsea six. They only conceded three against Brentford, one against Spurs. Um, so I think they're doing reasonably well this season. I think slowly Vieira is implementing his style of play onto the team. Um, so I do think they're probably more worthy of consideration than in previous seasons. If we look at the individual stats, however. Crystal Palace have only had 11 shots on target this season. Three of them have come from Edouard, um, who's only been on the pitch minutes um, in two sub appearances. The only other person from a Crystal Palace perspective that I'd be interested in is Conor Gallagher. He's had four of their 11 shots on target. He's had an XG of 2.29, which is over half of the expected goals for Crystal Palace. Um, and he's just looked really busy. Um, he's on free kicks, on corners he looks to be the way to go in to get into that Crystal Palace team, in my view. From a Brighton perspective, you could look at it and think, Crystal Palace don't offer a lot going forward, so a clean sheet would be potentially a way to go. Um, and that is potentially the way I would look at it. Um, obviously, defensively, if you're looking at defenders who are going to score, it would usually be Lewis Dunk. But this season, he's got an XG of zero. So he's not looked threatening at all at set pieces. However, Shane Duffy has... He's had three shots on target, 10 shots in total, which is only just behind Trossard for the most for anyone in the team. And his XG is 0.67. So I would be tempted to go with a Brighton defender if you don't fancy Palace scoring. And if we look at the prices, uh, Lewis Dunk is 6.2, Duffy's 6. So he's the third most expensive defender. So you've got plenty of options underneath him. That would come in if he didn't start. So people like March or Veltman. Which wouldn't be too much of an issue really. Um, So I'd be tempted to go with just one asset. um, And it just depends which way you fancy the game to go really. So looking at the team that I've drawn up for the monster. I would go for Alex McCarthy in goal from Southampton. I just don't think Wolves have that many uh, shots on target. So hopefully there'll be a clean sheet there. Maybe the odd save point. Defensively, I'd go for three at the back. I'd go for Alexander-Arnold. I'd go for probably Lewis Dunk from Brighton. And then I'd probably go Cancelo just because I think there's more chance of a Man City defender doing well than there is a Chelsea. Um, And that's who I'd go for there. Midfield, I'd go for the Salah-Mane double-up, as discussed. I'd go for Ishmael Assar against Newcastle. I'd go for Decore, who I think will be pushed a bit further up for Everton, who's looked really good. Top point scorer for Everton so far. And then I'd go Jared Bowen, who, like I said, I'd, I'd fancy the double up against Leeds. So I would go up front. I'd go with Antonio. And then uh, the 11th person I'm deciding between is Watkins, just because I do think they'll score against Man United and I think he'll be the one that would score. Or I might go with Vardy. I just think he looks the most clinical in that lineup. With Burnley conceding a lot of shots on target, he could be the one to go for in the monster. In terms of the pressing issues in the season-long game, I think a lot of it will centre around Leeds. I think people may have started to try and get some assets in ready for their fixture turn sort of starting last week. But with Bamford potentially out for rumours having it about a month and also Rafinha having question marks over him, I do think there'll be a lot of people that will want to ship them on. I think you've also got the Calvert-Lewin issue, if it's not been resolved as well, um, where people will have to fill the void. So I think for the striking spot, I think Antonio, if you haven't got him, is a is an obvious way to go. I think he's got really good fixtures. He's been rested. And he's up against a Leeds team that will be struggling when it comes to defensive options. So he could be one to go for. You've also obviously got issues still around those mid-price midfielders with potential rotation risk. So you're looking at people like Greenwood, who has probably slowly not been as productive with uh, Ronaldo in the team. You've got Jota with Firmino looking to be back soon. So there'll be a rotation risk there. Although I do think with Jota, as proved in pre-season, he scores well, even if he's only on for 20 minutes at a time. So he's probably less of an issue. Um, And then you look at someone like Torres at Man City, who again... With De Bruyne and Foden, starting midweek in the League Cup could, well, look to be rotated a lot more. So that's probably one to keep an eye on. For me, there's a couple of standout options if you're looking to replace those and maybe free up a bit of money to to upgrade elsewhere. You've got Ishmael Assar at Watford. Got a couple of great fixtures in the uh, next two. Coming off the back of a brace in his previous game. um, So that's always something good to have when you're transferring someone in. Or you could go for Ben Rama at West Ham. Again, a playing the lead side, depleted. has been in really good form throughout the season. If you're looking a little bit more sort of differential, I think Arsenal have got really good fixtures. Yes, they've got Tottenham this week, but we know Tottenham aren't looking that great. And they've got players like Saka, Odegaard, even Smith-Rowe, all at that sort of six and a half million or lower spot. If you've got a good enough squad, there's always the potential to roll the transfer. With Chelsea's fixtures changing next week, it could be a good time to get on Lukaku if you haven't already, or a couple of the defenders maybe. Um, We'll have a bit more idea if people like Alonso are nailed in the team. So rolling the transfer is definitely an option this week. A real differential I'm interested in this week is uh, Adam Armstrong at Southampton, or even Elanoussi at uh, Southampton. They've got Wolves at home this week. Really good fixture. They do have Chelsea away next week. But then their fixtures after that are Leeds at home, Burnley at home, Watford away, Villa at home, and Norwich away. I think they're a really good set of five fixtures. And I think Southampton will do really well in them. Um, so he's one that I'm considering. Especially when you've got that issue with no DCL, no... Bamford, as well, if you have already got Antonio and you've only got one of Ronaldo and Lukaku and you want a third cheap slot, if you're going bigger midfielder at the back, he'd be one that I'd definitely consider. So, thanks again for listening. We've got the uh, YouTube stream with Reese again on Saturday at 10 o'clock. He'll be giving his views on the game week six monster. He'll have a special guest on with him yet still to be announced. We'll also got uh, some articles out. So, FPLIs has got an article coming out tomorrow. Uh, Friday on the website. We'll also have the second part of Swiss Mark's F1 preview for the Russian Grand Prix that kicks off on Friday for practice. And we'll also have an insight over the weekend at the Game Week 3 NFL Monster. Um, it's just been announced this week that there's going to be a €20,000 contest in Game Week 5 during the international break. So we'll certainly ramp up our NFL content in preparation for that Uh lull in the football uh, definitely give us something to look at in that game that game week so thanks again for listening take care and see you later